to the mom who keeps everything together all the time, the daughter who wants to give her parents more than they could fix their minds to imagine, the wife who always puts her husband and family first, the friend who has all the answers, and the woman who knows there is so much more out there for her than this. She may not even know what this is, but she knows there is more. You are heard, you are appreciated, and you deserve more. With the weight of the world's expectations and the guilt that we as women carry, sometimes it feels as if you are last on the list. I promise you can do it all and have it all, but you can't do it alone. You just need support. Welcome to the house. I'm inviting you into a safe place to help our universal sisterhood expand. We focus on creating opportunities for women everywhere to share their achievements, face their fears, have genuine conversations about their true feelings, and discuss the real-life obstacles they face daily without bias. Now let's dive deep into today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the House Network Podcast. I am your host, Hannah Lynn Wallace, and I am here today, extra special, with one of my best friends. So typically when I go into a podcast interview, I usually have an outline for some of the topics I want to cover and some of the things that I think it's really important for you guys as listeners to be able to hear from the interviewee. But this episode is going to be completely unscripted, completely transparent, and we're just going to give it to you how we typically do it. So without further ado, I would like to welcome to the House Network podcast one of my very best friends, Boss Tina. Hello. Oh, Hannah Montana. Hi. So Chrissy and I have been friends for years. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have her on this episode with you guys is because she has been an active component of the House Network from conception. The moment that I brought the idea to her, it was like, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And she has been that person for me that has been here every step of the way through my journey of uncovering my purpose and you know what my real goals are with the house and the house network and the podcast and all of the things that are coming into fruition that we've done as a community. She's like one of those friends that everyone needs. The level of support that she offers to her friends is unmatched. The transparency that she provides is unmatched. And not only that, but she has this mindset and this level head that quite frankly, I lack and I've lacked for a long time. So she's a great balance for me. And I wanted to have her on this episode with you guys because I really want her to be able to share her journey with you guys because I think you can probably learn from it in some of the same ways that I learned from it. Last year, I know was a very trying year for you. So I would like you to just give yourself a brief introduction because I could give you like a bomb introduction, but I'm sure you could do one even better. So give us a little bit of an introduction and then we're just going to jump right into conversation. Yeah, this is like raw. This is probably a type of conversation that we have on the daily. So I'm excited for it. But nonetheless, so my name is Christina. I go by Chrissy. Hannah has coined me Boss Tina. That is my Instagram handle. But I work for Corporate America. I've been in Corporate America for over 10 years. I work for a huge bank that I absolutely love and adore and provides a whole lot of security 
opportunity for me. And I also just recently started a business called Designer Infographics, in which I do digital art and flyers for a lot of my friends who are small businesses. Small business has always been my passion, even in the corporate aspect of the world. So I am a very good friend of Hannah's, as she said. I don't know. I don't have like a very formal introduction for you. I'm just happy to be here on the House Network podcast. I can't believe this is real. I know. It's crazy that it's real. So one thing that Christy and I always joke about is I am, she's laughing already. So I'm just a full-blown born entrepreneur. I just am. I have never had the mindset of being comfortable working for somebody else. Majority of the jobs I had, I got fired from. And it's like a running joke between my close friends and my family and even my husband, because my husband will say that I was the first person that really introduced him to the idea of entrepreneurship when I said, I can't work for somebody for the rest of my life. And he really pushed me at one point in our relationship to find a secure career or find a job that was going to be recession proof because that's what you grow up and do. And I clearly said like, you know, that's not for me. I just, I can't see myself working for somebody else forever. And so when I see the moves that Chrissy makes in business and the way that she levels up in corporate America, it really honestly blows my mind because it's something that's so foreign to me. Um, And so I'll always say to her, there were times, it was back in like 2013 or 2014 where she tried to help get me a job at the bank that she works for. And I got all the way through the interview process and I had like one final interview left and I just stopped answering the phone for the woman because I just, I knew like deep down in my soul that it just was not something that I I wanted to do. I was only doing it for the security or the sense of security. And so I really, I just stopped answering the phone. And so when she tells me about some of the accomplishments that she's made, I'm so proud of her. And I think it's so amazing the things that she's doing in corporate America. But I'll always say, I always wonder what like my life would be like or how different it would be if I would have took that job. And what do you, you say? You would have been fired. A you long time ago. You would not have made it to your first anniversary. Yeah. And you are the reason why I will not put my name behind any referrals. Sorry, <laughs> guys, but that's okay. I mean, it's good. So, you know, I've always had this goal and this idea of entrepreneurship and she's always had this sense of security and corporate America and comfortability. And so we're a great balance for one another. And it also makes for really interesting conversations. So one thing she did mention is that she recently began her business, Designer Infographics, and a part of her push for creating that business was because she recognized the talent that she had. She recognized the knowledge that she had. And she knew that there was so much more that she could do as an individual. And she can find a way to apply that in her own business versus just in corporate America. So she had a little bit of a push, a lot of a push, a big push from Hannah. But ultimately, she didn't she made the decision. So talk to me about your not really a transition because you're still in corporate America, you love corporate America, that's you know, you see yourself there. But you also have created this business that's really flourishing. And you also really enjoy some of the things that you're doing. So talk to me about that shift or the shift in your mindset to say, okay, let me leverage some of the things that I'm already familiar with and go ahead and create something new for myself. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of start at the beginning and I don't want to bore anybody, but I started in corporate America. It, it was almost on accident where I was just like, I was kind of in between jobs and I was like, oh, this looks like a good job. Let me, let me 
didn't just apply here. It was a phone position, sales position in, in the small business department. And to be quite honest with you, at 19, I had no idea what small business meant. And that is, that's real. I was just like, oh, small business. So they must not do big business. They must do small business. I didn't know that a small business was a type of entity that goes up to a certain type of revenue. So we'll just start there. Nonetheless, killed the interview, got the job, right? I was 19 years old. I had no idea how to navigate corporate America. I had no idea what was ahead of me. And frankly, I never thought I would be with this company for 10 years. I will credit a lot of the leaders that I had within the organization who took me under their wing and helped me elevate. So when people say they're self-made, I, I kind of always hate that because there's still people who are cheering you on, rooting you on, motivating you. And I've had people take me under their wing within this organization and teach me the ropes. I'll just say like, I'm blessed that I, w I started with the bank when I was so young because I was moldable. And this isn't about being fake. This is about navigating corporate America. And, you know, I think networking, and this just goes back to the house network, but networking had a lot to do with my success, building those relationships, taking time out of your day to day to want more, to learn more, to get uncomfortable and to meet people who you can learn from and bring value to. And so, you know, back to kind of the beginning, I've had I've held several roles that all have to do with small business. And that has really become my passion. I've always wanted to be a teacher, but college was not in my path growing up for one reason or another. But I can say now that I've learned how to navigate through corporate America and find my passion within it. So technically right now I'm kind of like a teacher for the bank teaching small business call center associates how to sell, how to deepen relationships and you know how to help their small business clients win financially. And so that's how I came to be and kind of like a passion of mine is to create, to be creative and to build content. And so that's what kind of led me to the business because I create a lot of content for the bank. So Hannah came to me one day and she was so frustrated and she said, oh, I just can't figure out how to make this flyer or this. I don't even remember. I was a hot mess. Like I was so the, over Fiverr. On the brink of tears, every time she paid Fiverr to do something, they weren't coming back with quality content. They weren't coming back with quality work. They weren't meeting deadlines. And Hannah just had it. So I said, Hannah, what are you trying to do? Just send everything over to me and I bet you I can put something together. And so from there, that's kind of where the business idea flourished. Just like if I can do this for a big bank with enterprise guidelines and only keep these same colors and you have to stay in between this same font. Imagine the possibilities of what I could do for all of my friends and for other small business owners who are, you know, struggling with hiring third parties or Fiverr or, you know, spending hours on Canva or Photoshop to, you know, make their their marketing materials flourish. And so I decided during the pandemic, I need something else to do. And so that's when I started designer infographics. It came to me like at four o'clock in the morning when I couldn't sleep. And the next day I called Hannah and I said, you're right, I'm going to monetize this. Let's do it. And here we are. Here we are. And it's been a journey, but it's been a great journey. All of the flyers that you guys see on any of my platforms, they were created by designer infographics. And she's been a real asset to me as well as to some other friends and resources involved in the house 
house network, women who have businesses and their businesses flourish through the house, we keep that in our circle and we help to elevate one another. That's something that's so important to us as a unit. So you mentioned the pandemic. I know that it was a very stressful time for everyone, but you really had some real trials last year, especially during the pandemic. So with working at home, with creating this outlet for yourself that ultimately became a sort of therapy for you, you lost your dad. Yes. And we love your dad. And so I want to just unpack you uncovering some things about loss and grief that you experience. And then maybe some of the ways that you cope with losing a parent that you had such a close relationship to in the midst of a pandemic. Because the purpose of the house network and how powerful our network and our unit is. On the very first event that the house network had, there was uh, a woman that came to that event. It was the first time I ever met her. We had dialogue on social media. We had a couple phone conversations and she came to that event. And when she came, I could just see like the brokenness in her eyes. And, and I asked her, what's wrong? What, what's bothering you? And she revealed to me that she had just lost her mom. And she was really, that was her first time out of the house since she suffered from the loss of her mom. And she was really struggling with coping with that loss. And she just felt like, you know, this was a space that she was called to be in. And immediately I just gave her a hug and I said, wait right here. And I went and I grabbed Chrissy and I said, I need you to come and talk to me for a second. And so I told her what was going on and I walked away. I gave them the opportunity to talk to one another and they shared an experience together where they could both talk about their feelings and their coping mechanisms, how to unpack the ways that they feel together because they both are familiar with the experience of losing a parent. I am not the best person to talk to about losing a parent in the midst of grief because I haven't suffered that loss. And so being able to be in this environment for our first networking event where we're bringing women from different backgrounds, different cultures, different experiences together to create relationships and we're able to cultivate an outstanding relationship right then and there through grief and loss. So I know there have to be other individuals listening who have also suffered from not only grief and loss, but grief and loss in the midst of a pandemic. So will you just kind of walk us through your experience with that and then unpack sort of how you've managed to cope with your grief? Yeah. So talk about being vulnerable. I think that was like the first conversation I had with anyone other than, you know, my closest friends about my loss. And it was with a complete stranger. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Thanks, Hannah. Mm -hmm. No, but in that moment, I know that I needed to talk to her and I needed to hear her. And dealing with grief is not something that I'm familiar with. I'm new to this. My dad passed just over four months ago and my dad was my everything. He raised me and my sister by himself, single father household of two girls. And he taught us to be independent. He taught us to be hardworking. He taught us to be strong. And that's all I know how to be. So when dealing with the loss of my dad, all I could do was keep myself busy, keep myself at work. I have yet to take bereavement which I would not recommend, but (laughs) I was teaching myself to be strong, not to show emotion. People would say, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. And I'd say, 
no, no, it's all good. Change the subject, make a joke. And so I realized that that was not working for me. I, you know, they say it comes in waves and it really does come in waves. And it's not something that I deal with openly. But what I decided was to go to therapy about grief. And I am a huge advocate for therapy. I've been to therapy for other reasons. But in talking with my therapist, it really kind of helped me get another perspective. And don't get me wrong, my friends are amazing. And I realized that I was keeping myself busy to keep from grieving. And through my therapy, I learned I needed to disconnect. I needed to go away from, you know, the weekly brunches, the happy hours, the birthday parties, the events, and I needed to just deal with the grief. And so my therapist said to me, she said, where is your happy place? And I just, without hesitation, I said, Puerto Rico. It is a place that I've been several times. It is a place where I feel so welcome, so at home, which is weird because it's like this, you know, random island Mm -hmm. far, far away. And I don't know many people there, but I have made, you know, just made friends and relationships over the years. And there was nowhere else that I wanted to be where I could be by myself in this beautiful tropical climate climate other than Puerto Rico. And so she said, can you go there? And thankfully, I'm, you know, in the midst of pandemic, and I'm able to work from home. And I'm so thankful that I have that job security. And I talked to my boss. And I said, I think I'm going to flee the country. No, (laughs) it's still the United States. But I said, I think I'm going to go away for a little bit. And I still want to work because I still need to keep my mind busy. And so I decided that I was going to book a flight. I think it was maybe two weeks after I had this conversation with my with my therapist. And she goes, do it. Just do it. If you can, if you can just do it, there's no other time that's better for you to grieve and to deal with your loss. You just need to go because you keep making plans. You keep yourself busy and you're never going to deal with the grief and it's going to, it's going to hurt worse more later. So I packed up a suitcase and I booked a one-way flight to Puerto Rico and I am so glad that I did. I was able to really just be by myself. Even though I was working, I said I don't have many friends there. I've made, you know, acquaintances, but I was really able to just appreciate what I did have, but then disconnect from that part of my life where I was a caregiver, where, you know, where I wasn't able to do that at home because I was filling myself up with events and things to do. So I said I was going to stay there for three weeks and my three weeks was up. (laughs) And I remember calling Hannah, like damn near boohoo crying. And Mm -hmm. I do not cry. No, this is something I'm working on Mm -hmm. with my therapist being vulnerable, being vulnerable. Thank you. And I said, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to go back home. I'm not ready to be on the same streets. I used to drive with my dad down. I'm not ready to see our favorite restaurants. I'm not ready to, to come home. Right. And so I ended up staying for another month. Mm -hmm. So I was in Puerto Rico for two months and I learned so much, not just Spanish, but (laughs) I learned a lot about myself and I learned that there is a difference between loneliness and solitude. And I can positively say I learned how to be okay being by myself for the first time in my life. And that's what I really needed. I needed to disconnect from the hustle and bustle. I needed it as much as I love my friends. I needed to, because I can't say no to anything, mm-hmm. not even Me a brunch. Either. I needed to just be still in my place where I was and just grieve and disconnect from the life that I knew before. And so that's what I did. And it wasn't until I was really ready to come home that I came home. Not to say that everyone who's going through grief should book a flight <laughs> to Puerto Rico, but what I needed in 
that moment was to be by myself because I don't know how to be by myself. And again, I don't know how to, not yet I'm working on it, but I don't know how to show those emotions. So it was best for me to be alone in those moments. And what I did also learn is that I'm going to be okay, regardless of what's going on in the pandemic, my, you know, my, the loss of my father and everything else going on in my personal life. You can drop me anywhere in the world and I'm going to make friends. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to survive because that's who I am and nobody and nothing can dim that light in me. So I learned so much. I seriously can't wait to go back. Yeah, I know. So one thing that you said, it did strike a chord Mm -hmm. with me because one thing that Christy and I always talk about is, again, one of the reasons why our friendship is so beautiful is because we really balance each other out. So for me, I am so connected to everything and I'm like such an empath. I, I have these like severe attachment issues that I'm working on. And what I admire so much about Christy, and she knows this, is that she's very disconnected from things and and I don't say that in a negative way she just like not like emotionally detached from items from items from like so for me Chrissy she's on me all the time because I like I'll need to go through my clothes or I'll need to go through my shoes or I'll need to get rid of like the first coach bag that my husband bought me 14 years ago or Or something why do you need 12 purple pens okay but I'm saying so like I'm working (laughs) on it because what I've learned through my growth and development is that you can't experience abundance if you're so attached to the things that you already have so I'm working on detaching myself from items that I'm emotionally attached to for one reason or another and I value the conversations that Chrissy and I have so regularly because we are so different in the ways that she is emotionally detached from certain items or or things that she's able to just go away and be in solitude and kind of figure it out and I want to kind of go in a little bit deeper into that and kind of ask you to share with us why do you think that you have those experiences working so diligently to try to detach myself from things that don't actually serve me and you're so great at detaching yourself from things that don't actually serve you so I want you to just kind of talk about why you I don't know like okay I'll go into yeah. deep. so my disattachment with items or things and it does sound negative but it's really not and I I don't want to go back to childhood traumas but there are certain experiences that I've had where I've had everything taken away from me in the blink of an eye in a second and I was in the fifth grade my house burned down and my dad had to pick up and start completely over. I mean, we didn't even, we weren't even able to save a spatula. And so I think that was my first lesson in that things can be replaced people cannot. And so I much more value friendships and experiences than I do a t-shirt or a wedding dress or a piece of jewelry because all of those things can be replaced. What cannot be replaced is an individual, is a person, is a memory. We can have memory of of things or items. Sometimes I laugh because Hannah and her husband are sneaker connoisseurs. Oh my gosh. And sometimes I see a sneaker and I know exactly where I was, what I was wearing when that sneaker came out okay we have to unpack that and I don't want to interrupt her but we have to unpack that because you just took us here okay so long story short Chrissy and I have been friends for about almost 10 years probably about like nine years we're so all over it but it's okay listen so but the funny thing going back to the sneakers is my very first job that I for the record never got fired from 
for the record, was finish line, okay? I worked in finish line because I love sneakers. So I'm like, boom, I'm going to get my 30% discount. I'm going to be able to just buy my sneakers all the time. So I was working in finish line when I was 16 years old. Chrissy was working in Foot Locker. Were you a manager? I think she was a manager. No, I was never a manager. Oh, okay. Well, she just worked at Foot Locker. I just always acted like a boss. Yeah. And so I would see her in the mall all the time. And you know, like she's Foot Locker on finish line. So Arch enemies. Yeah. So we never, like we never really had a conversation, but we would always see each other in passing. We would always like, we might say hi or bye or whatever. And I never even really made the connection that we lived in the same area. We kind of were familiar with some of the same people. And it wasn't until later on in life that we reconnected. But I always had this desire to be her friend because I was like, oh my gosh, it's finally like this girl who loves shoes as much as I do. And like, we could just be best friends because I used to buy, like I bought all the shoes that came out and I still have them. Most of them I still have. And she would always have like the shoes on. And so funny when we talk about it, because, you know, that's something that is really, it's so meaningful to me. And it's such a special memory because I remember looking at this woman and thinking like, she looks, she just looks like she would be so much fun to hang out with. She looks like, you know, we could potentially have a great relationship. I just want to be her friend. And it's so crazy that so many years later, we reconnected in life and have had this long-term friendship that just continues to flourish. So total sidebar, but hilarious that you brought up sneakers because low key, we're both like still kind of sneaker heads. But, but the I'm difference a is, she is. is that Hannah still has like probably 75 pairs of sneakers and I sold all my sneakers like over 10 years ago. But I still have an appreciation for when I see new sneakers mm-hmm. release, I'll be like, oh, I remember when I was wearing the LeBron threes. They were blue and white and I had my Jabot outfit and I was just like so cute. But we were in high school. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, different times. But that's just the thing is I value the memory and I feel like I don't need that item. That item doesn't take the memory away from me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can smell the inside of a sneaker and I can get excited because mm-hmm. I remember how big sneakers were in my life. And I, gosh, I kept that job at Foot Locker. Even when I started with the bank, I always would go back and I would still work a second job. That's how I was. I was the finish line for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. See, yeah. you could own the place by now. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. So back mm. to what we were talking about. Yeah. Sorry for the sidebar. I know. But this is how he talks to Transparency is everything. Well, we did set the expectation at the beginning of the podcast. So nonetheless, items, things, I am not attached to them. It's the experience. It's the individual. It's the person that I am attached to. And I can say that while I don't have sneakers from 15 years ago, like Hannah does, Mm -hmm. I have the best friends. And when I connect with someone, I know that they're there for a reason. And I may not know it in that moment, but life has proven to me that no matter how small the interaction, somehow they end up being a bigger presence in my life when I can recognize it. And so it could be something as small as noticing each other in the mall. And I know that we had a certain connection where it was going to play out later in life. And so, so yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't really, I'm kind of rambling now, but items don't excite me. People Mm -hmm. excite me. Experiences excite me. Conversations excite me what can I learn from you what do you bring you know a value to me and that I can return back to you and you know how can we flourish together that's more of an importance to me than an item and that's really one of our goals for 2021 that we talked about we set the standard for the year the first day of the year we really talked about you know what are things that we're going to work diligently to remove from our life and what are we going to do to bring abundance towards our life and so one of the things that we talked about was not allowing each other or 
ourselves to involve ourselves in situations or relationships that don't serve us. So if I'm having a conversation that doesn't serve me and I bring that to Chrissy, she will tell me like, why are we talking about this? This conversation is not getting us anywhere in life. This isn't going to serve us. You don't need to waste your energy or spend your time on that. And I think a lot of that also goes into self-care and the idea of protecting your energy, protecting your space, really valuing self-care and self-love and the love of someone else. Because if your relationship that you're bringing to me, your friendship that you're trying to cultivate with me doesn't bring me value and I don't bring you value, then what's the real point and purpose of us cultivating a relationship? And so I want to know from you what you really learned about self-love and self-care in Puerto Rico. Because like you said, your time in Puerto Rico, that was your real first experience of being alone and getting comfortable by yourself. So I can only imagine how uncomfortable it had to be in the very beginning and the transition that you experienced to finally get to the point where you were so comfortable just being by yourself that you really had no desire to leave. What are some of the core things that you learned as an individual about self-love, self-care, self-development, growth, and just really nurturing yourself as an individual? I know it's a lot. Talk about a loaded question. I'll be honest, when I went to Puerto Rico, I was low-key terrified not because of the area I was in I was just I was scared because I was afraid I wasn't going to flourish I don't know what the word is I I was afraid that I was gonna go home in a week Mm -hmm. I was afraid that I was going to like that my therapist hyped me up and I wasn't gonna find what I was looking for but (laughs) I remember getting into San Juan it's a drive to where I was going this is an area that I'm really familiar with I've gone with my good friend Katie for years and I'm super comfortable like driving the whole nine it's like my second home in a way and so I think for the first like three or four days I was like I don't know what to do and I am such a busybody. like Hannah said I've never been by myself I've never been on a vacation or you know a workcation if you will by myself and I kind of had to build the courage up inside of me and I had to give myself several pep talks just to leave the condo I was in this little teeny tiny condo on the west side of Puerto Rico in this town called Cabo Rojo and it had everything I needed it was oceanfront it had a little beach it had a little pool there was a little market called Selectos like maybe four minute drive so I really didn't go anywhere like the first four days that I was there and then I had to be like why am I here Chrissy slap yourself go explore, go see beauty, go see nature. And I'll be honest with you, once I started just like venturing out, I built more confidence within myself. I've always played my life very safe. Just, you know, going back to, I've been working for the same company for 10 years. I'm only 30. I was in a long-term relationship since I was 17, 18 years old. This is the first time in my life as a 30-year-old, I found myself in grief and by myself. But at the same time, I was so excited Excited to challenge myself and to make this work, to make, to prove to myself that I'm going to be okay regardless. And so it really was just a pep talk to myself of why are you here and what are you doing? Don't waste your life. And so every day I made it a point to go to a different coffee shop, go to a different breakfast spot, go to a different lunch spot. And thankfully everything in Puerto Rico is really cheap on this side of the island. And so I'm talking about like 70 cent coffees and I'm talking about like 
$4 breakfast sandwiches, if that. And I made a, a conscious effort to learn Spanish. And so as uncomfortable as it was, I would go in and I would order my food in Spanish and they would always say, you can speak English with me. But it's like, no, I am here on your island. I want to learn your culture. I want to speak your language. Mm-hmm. Gosh darn it. And you better, you better let me. Mm-hmm. And so I became kind of like friends with some of the people who I would see almost on a daily, if not weekly basis. And we formed friendships. And so then before I knew it, it was the weekend and I'm being invited out to go to like birthday parties or boat um, day. <laughs> oh Lord. I, this, I was supposed to be in Puerto Rico, not hanging out. But I, what I realized is the more you push yourself and get yourself out of that comfort zone, because I could have stayed in that condo and I could have just went to the pool and minded my business and walked the beach. But I said to myself and myself said, I, we are going to build a different life for a little bit. And that's exactly what I needed in that reassurance that I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I am okay. And it, you know, being there for so long and being by myself, I was also able to disconnect from the life that I had, the things that I I had. And when I came back, I felt so confident that I could rebuild my life. And that's what I'm doing. And I'm so impressed by that. I really am. And I tell her that on a regular basis, but I think it's important for us to recognize as women that regardless of what we're experiencing and what we think has the potential to ultimately hold us back, our mindset is everything. And once you can overcome this negative mindset that unfortunately tends to be projected on us as women, you can pretty much do anything that you set your mind to. If I could tell you how many people when I said I'm gonna go to Puerto Rico for a couple of weeks they're like well who's down there why are you going you're crazy it's dangerous and if I would have let those people dictate my mindset and scare me out of this experience I don't I can't even tell you who I would be today because I feel like that was the most pivotal part in my life where I mean it turned everything around for me and it made me realize what's most important and it's not things it's not items it's not a house it's <laughs> that sounds crazy but for me I was so stuck on what I've been comfortable in in a time where I had endless possibilities and I decided not to be safe in the sense of things or materials or what have you. Trust me, I was safe. I'm good. But I mean that in a sense of like a mindset. Mm -hmm. I so value that trip that I took and I'm so glad that I extended it an extra month. And then an extra couple days and then an extra three days at the end. Every every day I call her, I'm like, so did you cancel your flight or are you coming home? Well, this is why I book one ways. Whenever I go to Puerto Rico, even if it's a five-day trip, even if it's a two-week trip, I only book a one-way flight because I always end up wanting more. I always end up wanting to take more time. I'm never ready to come home. And thankfully, I'm able to work from anywhere at this point. And so I can do that comfortably. But but yeah, I, I was supposed to come home on like the day before Halloween. And I was so upset, like I said, in, you know, previously. And then I ended up saying, okay, I'm going to stay for two more weeks. And then after two more weeks, I said, okay, I'm going to stay for two more weeks. And it wasn't until I really felt like, okay, it's time to go home then I went home. Mm -hmm. And that's an important part of, you know, following your intuition and going with your gut. And it sounds so cliche, but a women's intuition is so powerful. And I think that's just another thing that society itself tries to dim and tries to make us forget how powerful we really are as women. And I think it's just so important for us as women and as individuals to always follow our intuition and always do what we think is going to be best for us in the moment in which we believe 
believe it's going to be best for us. Absolutely. And also, don't let anyone talk you out of what you feel is right. Don't let anyone scare you out of what you feel is the right thing for you. And that's, you know, that was one of the biggest lessons is I had to learn not to care what other people think mm-hmm. because people would, like I said, say, I'm crazy. I've lost my mind. Oh, she lost her dad. Now she's going to live on an island. And that wasn't the case because they didn't understand what I needed because only I can understand in that moment what I needed. And I needed solitude. And I got that and more. I've built some amazing friendships. What I feel like are lifelong friendships from people who have welcomed me into their family. I mean, invited me to Thanksgiving. That's huge. Like I remember being on on the beach with a bunch of friends and one of the guys, he's like an uncle to me, Cappy Peter. And he said, you know, Christina, you're like family to us. Like you're in our circle. Like we love you. You're always welcome here. And it was like, I've only been here for like a couple weeks. And it made me realize that it doesn't matter how long you know someone, but you can cultivate lifelong friendships in no time when, you know, when you don't even expect it. And again, it goes back to my point that I just so value friends and I so value experiences. And that meant so much to me in that moment because I went there with no expectations. I went there to work on me and I ended up leaving with so many friends and so many experiences and so many laughs and ugh. I could just go on and on about it, but it was an experience that I needed and will shape the rest of my life for sure. Well, I tend to be the more blunt of the two friends. So (laughs) I'm going to say, don't let anyone punk you out of your purpose because you're here for a reason. God created us all in his image for a divine purpose. And we have a walk that we're responsible to walk every single day in our lives. And it's our responsibility as individuals and as women to be the best people that we can be, the best human beings that we can possibly be, give our bests and our love to those around us and fulfill the purpose in which we were put on this earth for. And if you allow the the voices and the opinions and the impact of others to get in the way of that, you may never fulfill the purpose that you were put here for. And like I told you in the very beginning of this whole podcast venture for me, I am a work in progress and I am learning with you every single day because I am the queen of self-doubt. I am the queen of external validation. I tell her almost every Every single day. day. Stop doubting yourself. I'm working on it. We are working on it. We're working on it. I told her... Hannah, I told you what two days ago you said, listen, look at this or listen to this or whatever. And I said, okay, I'm going to listen to it or I'm going to look at it and I'm going to give you my opinion, but you're going to give me your opinion first. And I said, and the next time you want to send me something, you're not going to send it to me and you're going to make the decision and you're going to move forward with it because you have to do it. Myself. Yourself. That's because my opinion does not matter. Yeah. It's your intuition. It's your, it's you that matters. Your opinion. And I'm working so hard on being able to understand that and understand and unpack where that comes from. And I've talked about childhood trauma before. You briefly touched on childhood trauma in the beginning of this episode. Mm -hmm. But it's so amazing how, you know, your trauma impacts you differently than, say, someone else's trauma impacts them. So for me, you know, I suffer from the self-doubt that I suffer from because negative experiences and negative energy was always projected on me. I was typically the black sheep. 
I was the one who was never going to be anything. I was the one who was never going to do anything. My relationship was never going to work because of who I chose to be in a relationship with. And so having these experiences of always having negativity projected on you over the course of growth and adulthood. You were just seeking approval. Exactly. Core years of your life. It's like it makes you question every single decision that you have to make as an individual. I have learned, understood, and been able to unpack that that's where my self-doubt comes from because I do look for that approval from those that I love because for so long I didn't have approval from some of the most important people in my life. And ultimately that impacted core relationships and core development through some of my most important years of growth and development. So I think it's really important for us as women to recognize the power that we have within ourselves and then seek ways to understand them. And I I tell you all the time, and I'll continue to tell you, I am learning with you and things that I learn, I will bring to you and we can have a dialogue because this is something that you'll never stop working on. I don't think you ever stop mastering mindset. I agree. And I will say that I, since my dad passed, I have tried several methods of dealing with grief, dealing with stress, dealing with loss. I have tried meditation workshops. I have gone to therapy. I work out and that's a form of therapy. I have tried acupuncture and enjoy acupuncture. I'm I'm trying to think what else. I mean, obviously the friendships that I have, the house network, bringing other women who have experienced the same type of experiences that I have and talking through them is another form of therapy. There's no, I don't want to say there's no wrong way to grieve, but I would just encourage everyone. And this doesn't necessarily have to do with just grieving, but we did start on that subject. I would just encourage people to explore your options, whether it's, you know, finding something within yourself or maybe your childhood trauma, sure, or just, you know, how to elevate your life in a different way or or to seek a different mindset. Find different vessels to heal yourself. And I mean, I just, I'm such an advocate for therapy and I know it can be expensive, especially if you don't have insurance, but I would encourage every single person, if you're dealing with self-doubt, if you're dealing with grief, if you're dealing with sadness, depression, postpartum, what have you, see different options to heal yourself. Make time for yourself. Make time to grieve. That's what I'm learning. My therapist says that cars are grieving vessels. I 100% agree because that's the only place I cry. Oh, wow. (laughs) And so, because I'm alone, Mm -hmm. no one can see my windows are tinted. And I can be completely by myself. That works for me. Not saying that's going to work for everyone, but I have tried probably six or seven different methods of just self-care. Explore those methods for yourself and then you'll realize what works for you. Maybe going to, you know, another country for for eight weeks doesn't work for you or you just can't do it. It doesn't mean that there's, you know, nothing out there for you. That worked for me and I'm still working on it. Don't get me wrong. I go to therapy like every two weeks. And she gets so excited for it. (laughs) The other day I was here and I was like, man, I haven't been to therapy in like two weeks. (gasps) It's today. I have therapy today Mm -hmm. at 4 p.m. And so I really do... I really do get excited about it because it's a professional, I don't want to say opinion, it's a professional dissecting your thoughts, your actions, and helping 
you realize what the answer is. Therapists don't tell you what you need. They help you realize what you need. And I'm forever grateful for being able to have a great relationship with my therapist, having found a great therapist, because it took me two or three before I was like, she's my therapist. And I look forward to it. It sounds so corny. I'd never been to therapy a day in my life before December 2019. But here I am a year later and I like look forward to it. So keep investing in yourself. And make time for yourself. Well, boss. Oh, Hanny. This has been so wonderful. Now the world knows that you call me Hanny. This is great. Hanny. Um, so uh, thank you so much for being a part of this platform. The last thing I want you to leave everyone with is maybe just some tips for scaling the ladder of corporate America if that's yeah. something that you're interested in. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone. And what people don't realize is entrepreneurship may not be for everyone. And that's okay, entrepreneurship is for entrepreneurs and corporate America and jobs and the security of a job and the hustle and bustle of whatever happens working for somebody else, that's that's your comfortability level, that's fine. And so it's great in my opinion, solely my opinion alone, to be able to network with both sides and get comfortable and have relationships with people who experience different things than you. Just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you can only have entrepreneur friends. Just because you're in corporate America doesn't mean you can only have corporate America friends. However, having friends from both sides, I think as an individual will really help you to understand and elevate yourself. So I just want you to final thought, leave us with some things that you think could really help the consumer elevate themselves in any position that they're in, especially in corporate America. Sure. So I think I'm going to try and keep it short. Otherwise, this podcast will never end. But and we can go into more detail about this in another episode. I think the number one thing is to know what your goals are. So if you start a job with a huge company, I would encourage you to figure out what is your next move. Even though you just started this job and it may take a little bit of time, be open and honest with your manager, with your leader of where you want to go, what you want to do. Just because you're in a position on the phones, say for example, or you're a bank teller, I could just use that as an example because I work for a big bank, but where do you want to go? I want you to keep those goals in mind and I want you to let your leaders know because when it comes to corporate America, America, they want you to stay there forever. Trust me. They want to be able to use you and not in a bad way, but they want to be able to elevate you into other positions to where you are an asset to that company. They do not want to keep on hiring new people and training new people because it is very costly. So I would say if you want to thrive in corporate America, figure out what your goals are, where you want to go, and be very vocal about it. Because if you have the right leader, if you have the right manager, and if you don't, they won't be a manager for long, but if it's a good company. But if you are vocal, they are going to help you elevate yourself in that company because that is what the company wants you to do. They want to invest in you so that they can get more value from you in the best way possible. Whether that be the manager telling you of different networking groups, because that's my experience. I have formed amazing relationships in networking groups or just keeping great relationships with your leadership team. So for example, and this is kind of going into my second point, you have a really great manager and you worked with them for, you know, say six, 12 months they get promoted. They may not even be in your organization. You may never see them a day in your life. 
However, you cultivated that relationship, put 15 minutes on their calendar quarterly and reconnect with that person because you never know where they're going and when they may keep you in mind for the next position. So just because this is a great example, full circle, the first manager I had at the bank His name was John. And I was only in that position for six months before I got promoted to go somewhere else. It wasn't until nine years later where we ended up in the same organization, but we kept in contact with each other at least on an annual basis, even though we never even worked together again. And that man has my back like has my back, even when I might be a little wrong or I might have messed up, but he will go to bat for me because we kept that relationship, built that relationship, and I have his back too. So in corporate America, it's very important to keep those relationships and to have each other's back because corporate America is not easy to navigate, but when you have the right people surrounding you and building you up and who have your back, like really have your back, you'll go anywhere. Those are my two, that sounded really long, but those are, I guess those are my two no, most those important are good. items. That's, that's absolutely fascinating because I they just, say it's I'm, un, not I'm unfamiliar what with the you experience. Know. So. They, they, like a lot of people say, oh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. But that's not always true when it comes to, you know, elevating your career. Just keep that in mind. It is important once you get up to a certain level of leadership where there's a a certain point in my career where I don't really have to apply for positions anymore. And that's kind of like, I don't want to say that's when you know you've made it, but when you get tapped because someone has you in mind for another position because they know your worth, that's where you want to get. And it's only through cultivating those relationships and keeping in touch with people. That's where it's most important, navigating. Although I'm not in corporate America and although I never plan to be, I think that's great advice. I'm so glad you think so. And I will continue to use that in my journey through entrepreneurship. And that's why we're cultivating relationships with the House Network. So on that note, thank you to my best friend, Boss Tina. Christina. And thank you for having me. For being present. Thank you for being just an advocate for this entire journey and, you know, being so motivated and such a great friend and wanting to even be here and to experience this journey. Look at what you've done. Look at what we've done. Look at what you've done. Yeah, it's been pretty great. So on that note, because we will be here all night, we'll literally keep you forever. (laughs) Tell them where they can find you. Tell them how they can get information about designer infographics. If anybody has any additional questions, feel free to reach out to either one of us she will drop all of her information and if you want to reach out to me and talk about what it's like going through therapy or if you're like hesitant or you're skeptical because a lot of people are skeptical about therapy feel free to reach out to me my instagram is boss tina with three s's b-o-s-s-s-t-i-n-a and that is the social media platform that i prefer and love and then my business is designer infographics and it ends with an x And that is a new baby. So bear with me because I am not taking like huge corporate clients or anything like that. I mostly do this on the side as my own other way of therapy and like just keeping my creative juices going. But feel free to follow me there as well. Or if you are a small business who needs flyers, do not break down. Do not spend Mm -hmm. six hours on Canva. Feel free to DM me and I'd love to work with you. Well, thank you, friend. Thank you for being a part of the House Network podcast. We love you guys. You have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll see you in the next episode. See you.
Thank you for tuning into the house. By listening, you're joining a family of unstoppable women who crave human interaction and genuine connections. We are committed to uplifting and empowering one another. Open your Instagram and head over to Handling Your Realtor to learn more about upcoming events, how to get involved, and how you can be a resource to a woman near you. Subscribe, share this episode with a friend, and tag us on your favorite social media platform so we can make sure any woman seeking sisterhood knows her support system is only one listen away.